Welcome to Working Dog Radio. Broadcasting the Bite. You guys know by now that we do a bunch of commercials in the beginning, in the middle of these episodes. Um, There's two things here. One, Patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. We put the episodes up without commercials. How about that? But here's the thing, guys. I know you people. I know what you're doing. You're skimming forward and you're fast forwarding through the commercials. But I'm telling you, you want to listen to these and you want to listen to the ones in the middle of the episode because we put new discount codes. We put new job opportunities, new training opportunities, new gear, new equipment, new sponsors, all kinds of new cool stuff in there. You don't want to skip it because you don't want to miss it, especially the discount codes. So make sure you guys are paying attention. And having said that, we're going to kick it off right now with one of my favorites, right? Uh, RayAllen.com. We've had a great relationship with Ray Allen for a long time. They want you to know that they've heard you loud and clear, and they have revamped their customer service, faster response times, easier to get a hold of them, faster shipping, faster order f- uh, fulfillment. Um, any kind of issues they had, they ironed it out. RayAllen.com for everything dog related, not just working dogs. Working dog, pet, anything you need. I just bought about 300 bucks worth of stuff the other day. Mixture of pets and police dogs in one click. I loved it. RayAllen.com. Uh, we got hits coming up. Um, it's going to be in August this year. It's going to be at the McCormick Place in Chicago. Um, it moves around. So, you know, one of the things they're really good about is it's not in the same location every year. So every four years, it's probably in a different area, or it's in a different area of the country. And they make it super obvious about... Um, rotating all of their uh, instructors too. So if you come last time they were, say, in Dallas like four years ago, when they go back to that area, you're not going to see the same people over and over again. When we were there last year, there was like 1,200 people and they're talking about having 13 to 1500 and we've got a hundred vendors in the vendor hall this year. They get ready to have a price increase. And I know you people, and I mean you people as handlers, you guys wait for the last fucking second to do everything. And I know it's not your money, but the hotel fills up quick. Then you got to walk everywhere in Chicago, which is probably going to suck because it's going to be super hot. So get your tickets booked. It's going to be August 13th through the 16th this year at McCormick Place in Chicago. Go to hits K9, letter K number nine, dot net. Get signed up, look at the class schedule, plan on where you're going to go, and uh, yeah, submit all of your forms to all of your admins so you can get it paid for, and uh, you'll see us there. We're going to be doing live recordings, and come by the booth, get a beer, and uh, have a challenge coin. we got some custom challenge coins we're making, so... Um, we're Which, not uh, we're not giving them beer though, Ted. They have no, to no, no. Yeah, beer. no, yeah. That's yeah. Get a beer was, and bring it with you. If that was if that was not obvious, I guess that's my bad. All right. So uh, one of the booths that's also going to be at hits probably right across from us. If uh, if it's anything like last year's, our friends at Dogtra. Um, I love Dogtra. Dogtra.com. Great company. Um, you guys have heard of us. You know they're especially you guys, you uh, policemen, law enforcement handlers. They're um, Remote is so set up for you guys to have on your gear. There's tons of different uh, Molly gear you can get for Dogtra uh, remotes. The 1900S is the best collar I have used. I love that thing. Their ball popper is all revamped. Um, They figured out anything with a battery should be rechargeable. The ball popper is rechargeable. It's kicking ass. Dogtra.com. They have a discount code, WDR10, for 10% off of any order over $200. Dogtra.com. 
So this next one is somebody that we, it's new to the podcast uh, or they just signed up. So I just mentioned challenge coins. Now, everybody knows that everybody loves dogs and everybody listening, whether you're search and rescue, whether you're FEMA, whether you're, uh, you know, sheriff's office, whatever, everybody in the public loves seeing dogs. And the one thing that I always see is people handing out challenge coins or handing out um, the little like playing cards with the dog's information and all that stuff on it. So one of the new sponsors for the podcast is Combat Bet, which is spelled B-E-T at the end, like you're betting. Uh, They have the little challenge coins that are shaped like poker chips. And ironically enough, they're pretty inexpensive for um, like a department to have for a canine unit. You can have them on their little, you can have the dog's picture on one side, you can have the sheriff's office shield on the other side, whatever you want to do. You can even print on the collar of it. And they do two different versions. They got the, the ceramic poker chip ones, and then they've also do a couple of metal ones. Um, so depending on how much you want to spend or whatever else, you can get a variety of different things, and they can print pictures on. So you can get the picture of the dog and the handler on there, hand them out to kids when you go do your school demos, and you guys look like heroes, which is freaking awesome. So they're doing a discount code for everybody. So if you go to combatbet.com, and you'll get a discount of 10% off of your total order price, which isn't a whole lot to begin with. So it's Working Dog Radio spelled out. Head over there, hit them up, tell them we sent you. Use a discount code, hand out coins to kids. That's all you got to do. That's it. You know, I think our first sponsor that we ever got when we got on the podcast is Arno at ALM. Um, yeah. I love ALM. The dude, the dude has been so good to us, so good to everybody. Um, I'm telling you right now, man, you want tugs, and I mean, we go through tugs a lot. Yeah, I give them out to all the handlers when they come through, and I don't use anyone else but Arno at ALM. Uh, his tugs are the best, period. They hold up. They're great. The dogs love them. Everything's great. And I've, I've done a ton of social media stuff about his hidden sleeve. His hidden sleeve is so legit. It is yeah. so good. It's the easiest, the easiest one to put on and take off. It is so functional like I use it you know under stuff as a hidden sleeve but I use it as a just as a regular sleeve sometimes um, it you do feel it it does suck I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> but it is a perfect sleeve for what we like to do he has a discount code WD radio for 10% off almk 9 equipment.com hit him up so speaking of traveling, October 30th through November 2nd of this year, our friends down at Southern Coast Canine, New Smyrna Beach, are going to be hosting the Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. It's the Police Motorcycle and Canine Skills Challenge hosted by our friends at Southern Coast, Peggy and Bill and Danny. So uh, I'm actually going to be down there announcing the uh, Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. Now, it's limited to the first 30 canine teams uh, and the first 30 detection teams, and they're also doing a competition the 4th through the 7th which they do every year which is a huge odor uh, seminar and detection seminar and competition and at the end of the three days you actually certify with NNDDA but there's going to be 125 teams in attendance so it should be a good time be sure to head over to Southern Coast Canine hit them up look at it and come down and see me and I'm sure I'll be heckling whoever's going to be decoying because you, you're you going to get smashed I don't know what to tell you get, be on your A game yeah you guys remember our episode with Cameron Ford? Uh, Cameron Ford's worked all over the United States. Um, he's done all time, all kinds of multi-purpose canine training. Detection is his thing. It is what he does the most. That's what his scientific approach yep. uh, has proven. Like 
very effective, the things he does. Well, Cameron moved to Las Vegas to join the folks over at Silver State Canine. Um, they offer a ton of stuff. They have a class coming up. you got to get on this quick, though, guys. Uh, July 29th to August 9th. 29th to August 9th. It's a... Um, going to be a handler and trainer's course. you got to get on it. And they're going to rerun it September 9th through the 20th. This is not a cakewalk, but I'm telling you, you will learn a scientific method for this. Um, it's it's good stuff, man. Check them out, SilverStateK9.com. They, um, just so, say you can't go to Vegas, can't make it to Vegas. Maybe you don't have enough comp time. You, got, you don't have enough vacation time. They won't let you travel. You get a hold of uh, the folks at Silver State, and they will send Cameron to you. And they'll do a 40-hour detection dog seminar for you. You can get your all your unit, get all your training group. He'll come to you. SilverStateK9.com. Check them out. All right, everybody. We are back. It's Eric Stambro and Ted Summers, Working Dog Radio. Hits episode four. Is this our fourth? Ish. I think. Something yeah. like that. Um, coming to you from the McCormick Place, I guess this is. Gigantic. It's the size of an airport. It's its own city, man. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's now a meat locker. It is right now, yes. It is called, (laughs) I call it Nippleopolis. Yeah, Yeah, Jesus. But um, they would got to keep you awake, you know. So, uh, anyways, we are bringing you, I don't know, this is number four of probably nine or ten of these we're going to do. Yeah. Um, So, we're we're filming, we're going to be putting out a lot of episodes in the uh, month of September, uh, end of August into September, just to. uh, pile them on you uh, a lot of bonus episodes uh, we've had some good stuff good speakers on here um, the last episode if you just listened to it, we had Don Blair on a two-timer uh, guest and with us today Ted we have another yes, two-timer I said this do. is like almost the same as being a five-time host of Saturday Night Live it's pretty close <laughs> close yeah <laughs> right close you and Tom Hanks exactly uh, we have our good friend Justin Rigney is here uh, Justin taught this at 10 o'clock this morning, 10.30, and 10:30. He's, got a, he's got first thing tomorrow. you got to bring your A game, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Justin, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Honored to be here. Um, this event gets better and better every year. Yeah. Your guys' show is uh, bringing everybody the content they need to hear as well. Thank you. We, it's, uh, he said, you know, they were hoping for about 1,100 handlers. I, I, I think so, if I you look at the so. classrooms. Mobbed. Yeah. And they're Filled. massive. The, the rooms are massive. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. They're not 50 person rooms. These no. are huge no, they're and they're not. full. Yeah. They're, there was a couple like Ted's, Ted Dawes' thing this morning it was like standing room only. Yeah. I was yeah. sitting behind Justin. I was against yeah. the wall in the back. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. He may be, we may, if I can fucking nail him down tomorrow, he'll be here. That dude so, can hold a room too. Yeah. He's got a big booming voice. Well, Very fuck, good he's speaker. a prosecutor. Yeah. That's what he does. Right. He paces back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> You can't handle the truth. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But he, uh, he mentioned in the class if none of you fuckers start laughing at my jokes, he says you'll get, you'll get naked. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't want that. <laughs> you do. Yeah, Ted doesn't want that. No. He's like, I, I'll get naked. I don't want to. <laughs> so, anyways, um, we have Justin here. Uh, those of you who follow him on social media have seen the guy puts out an amazing amount of content. Um, teaching things, debating some stuff, triggering folks. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Triggering himself every once in a while with some, some corrupt shit happening mm. in South Florida. Yes, sir. And, uh, but, you know, when you're passionate about things, as, as him and I have had a lot of conversations about, I'm the same way. Um, my wife can't stand it at times. She, she's got this thing where she does a, 
this Usa, that, take it down. down. My yeah. wife's favorite line is take it down a notch. <laughs> yeah, calm down. You're stealing your joy, that type of stuff. Um, it's, especially if it's really nothing that I can affect or nothing that really has anything to do with me, um, like shit from my old apartment. But yours, your situation, we'll, we don't have to get into it. But it's different. Well, it's it does affect you. It's because you fucking care. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's a lot of people that matter to you there. Yeah. I don't want to see so. things left in, in shambles by fuckface yep. admin. So, but anyways, <laughs> if you listen to this fuckface admin, hi, how are you? And, and that's a, an amazing <laughs> point because those motherfuckers stalk my social media like a cranky, bitter ex-girlfriend. Oh, I know. Mine too. It's fantastic. They're probably going to listen to this too. Good, good. So, um, record yeah. it. That's okay. No, wait, 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 do it up. They can record <laughs> we'll They can see. pass it around. It, 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 in fact, I encourage you to do that just because it gets the downloads. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, IA should download this and pass it out. Kills that algorithm. Yeah. Fuckers. Right. <laughs> so, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about what you're teaching here. Um, the system that you're talking about. Um, and we'll kind of get into some of that stuff if you don't mind. For sure, man. My topic I'm teaching here at the uh, 2019 HITS conference is called NIPOPO, which is an acronym that stands for Negative, Positive, Positive. So it's a system that was developed by Bart and Michael Bellin uh, many years ago, and it's, it's evolved, it's morphed, it's become its own lifestyle. So the Negative, Positive, Positive means simply uh, NE is negative for negative reinforcement. Um, when a dog is in the middle of an exercise, he receives slight, slight unpleasant feelings, maybe low-level e-collar, continuous until he achieves a basic position with its healing, sit, down, stand. The negative reinforcement stops when the dog achieves that position is the first positive. The second positive is overlaying a tangible reward that the dog is uh, crazy about, whether it's existential food training or a ball or a tug, something of very, very high value to the dog. And the system on its face, and originally when it started, it was we were implementing that, that process and it was making dogs getting into behavior very quickly. It was making behavior uh, durable, sustainable. And what it's become over the years is uh, more free shaping, um, which is a, is a magic, a magic uh, training techniques. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, know, I've, you and I have talked quite a yeah. bit about it. It takes uh, quite a bit of patience to do free shaping. And you know, I see a lot of it, it's become very popular uh, through social media and, and different training circles. Um, but we still utilize the old NEPOPO system to, uh, to make behavior uh, very, very uh, strong. Mm. The uh, guys out over in Australia, the uh, Canine Paradigm guys talk about it. One of them is a... Pat Stu. Yeah, yeah, Pat is, yeah. is a big teacher of it, yeah, owner of it. amazing. And, and um, you know, you, you, and here's the thing about that system is it's not... Uh, you, you can't just go to one class on it. Mm. There's levels, there's different, I mean, it's probably constantly evolving, constantly yep. learning. It is. And, I mean, I don't know how, how much evolving it is doing because it's still negative reinforcement is negative reinforcement. There's, that's, it's old and it's effective and it sure. works. Um, talk about how, like, where you are now, how long it's taking you to get to where you can actually teach it. Comfortable. Well, <laughs> it's funny. We'll see if my game changes tomorrow <laughs> at 8 a.m. So, you know, I, I, I think 2006 is the first time I met Bart. And I had been a fan of his work through what we had, um, you know, old uh, VCR tapes and shit of his, his Belgian ring work with Zot. And just blown away, man, by the level of control. And then I had the opportunity to work with him in 2006 when he was coming over doing the two and three day seminars, which they no longer do. Um, him and his wife, Michael, they put together the silver and gold school, which is each is five days of silver of all theoretical 
and then you come back if you pass that um, there's a, a written portion it's a hundred question test and I think you have to get 90 on the test wow. so they don't give it away they make it very difficult and because it's they're passionate about the system and then you come back for the gold to do the practical part you put everything you've learned theoretically with a dog into the gold and that's a pass pass fail deal too so um, <clears throat> it's uh, it took me a long time to wrap my head around it man because it's vast you know it's it's a system that's not a cookie cutter system and what I love about it is you can become the architect of your own system it gives you inspirational foundational things to to try and accomplish to connect with the animal and to communicate but you can take these things and go in a whole different direction so my Nipopo um, Variation it could be very different from Pat Stewart's or Michael Donald's, or you know, these guys that have been passionate about. It. They're out there doing it. Morris Chasen's another guy who's out there teaching it. So we can't certify people in silver and gold right. to become Nipopo to be able to speak about it to be able to utilize the copyrighted term Nipopo, um, but we can we can out there and, and spread the gospel about it. So um, I've never had an opportunity to train with with Bart's wife, Michael, um, but from oh, she's, she's amazing, yeah. really incredible, and, and I think. You know, if I get my stories right, is I think Bart was a little hesitant or fought the free shaping part of it. It was Michael's inspiration, and of course he saw the light. And you know, for me, you know, Bart and of course his wife—they're they're on another level, man. They—they they are <laughs> the top of the tier. And you know, the amazing part of of the silver and gold school is that there's required reading, there's prerequisites we have to to do in order before we even go to before the school. You to so it, you yeah. sign up, you register, they send you the email with all the books you have to read, and, and one of that book is called The Talent Code. And uh, it speaks about is talent a natural gift or is it learned through environmental constraints or you know different variations. So there's three components of the talent code, and it's applicable to dogs. It's applicable to humans learning skills. Skills development, and it, it speaks about how muscle memory can be taught. You know, and that skills development can be taught. So they they talk about ignition, which is the passion, the drive, the intensity, the uh, desire to do certain things, whatever skill it may be, to rip apart an engine, to train a dog, to hit a baseball, whatever it may be. What ignites people to have that desire? And they they speak about many different things. And you find that people that come from you know violence, abuse, chaotic upbringings, things like that, are pushed into directions that are pushed because of the insecurity that they feel to find an outlet in life. And you find so many different uh, experts in their fields that, are, that have lived that life. And there's a, a required reading of a book called Buck. It's also a movie. A guy named Buck Brandman, who's a horse trainer, who grew up with just violence and chaos. And he never wanted to break horses the way he saw the violence. He lived it. So he found other ways to communicate with the animal. So his path with Ignition was, was from that upbringing. And then they talk about deep practice in the book, The Talent Code, which is really the nuts and bolts of, of, of how you develop the, uh, the muscle memory, the, the myelination of these exercises and skills. And it, it talks about you get into a, a, an exercise that you're working right on the fringe of your ability where you're making mistakes. It's, it's a mistake-driven learning. So you do something, you get out of bounds, it, it doesn't feel right. And then through the struggle, through the, the deep practice, you eventually learn the task. And because you've suffered through the whole process, boom, it's buried into your DNA. Then, of course, the third component is master coaching, is having somebody that knows their shit, that has done it, that can speak about it, that can teach it, that's a communicator, that can show all the aspects of it, whatever skill it is. And for me, that's Bart. You know, and of course, his wife, Michael. Um, is, for me, it's, it's a guy, because he's so skilled, um, he knows five languages fluently. I mean, he thinks I'm a bitch because I use a PowerPoint, because he, he doesn't, it's all in here. <laughs> he can hold a captive audience for hours on the edge of your seat, spitting fire, spitting his content, and uh, it's captivating, man. 
and he's got all those phases of a master coach. He can do it, he can speak about it, he can show it, he can teach it in all different languages with all different levels of dogs, man. So we saw him get you know blasted, or somebody tried to blast him recently, that Sean O'Shea yeah. cat. Uh. And uh, that, I'm sure if that dude could hit the recall button on that, he probably would by now. But We've got to stop making stupid people famous. <laughs> but bro, it's so fun. Is, fun. Any, is any part of Nepo Poe teach sticking a thumb in a dog's ass to break up a fight? Uh, no. No. <laughs> you have to make that noise. I don't, yes, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what he did wrong in the video. He didn't make the noise. But you know what's got me fucking twisted, bro? Is like, okay, you, you, the, the demented aspect of sticking, hitchhiking in a dog's rectum, okay, that's completely fucked up. But leaving it there oh, when yeah. it doesn't work. Well. Right, didn't work, right. <laughs> Maybe we gotta tell him the brake stick goes on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, these are the same people that look down on me for using a break stick, so you can't stick that in their mouth, but you can stick your thumb in their ass. <laughs> sure, got it. But I guess that dude's point was that they train Ferraris on a high level to race on the racetrack, which is absolute bullshit, because I've seen Bart firsthand work with people of all skill levels, with dogs of all skill levels, and, and make magic. You know, and they said the same thing with Michael Ellis and there was somebody else. Well, yeah. Ivan Balabano. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they, the, they train dogs. They're dogs. The, thing that, the one thing that all three of those dudes have in common is that what they teach, whatever fucking system they're using, Ellis, Balabanov, and uh, Bart, all of those dudes, like how many other trainers have they produced that are successful? And repeatable. Yep. Over and over and over For and sure. over again. And they have whatever it is that they figured out, they got it fucking wired and they can teach other people to do it. Ellis is cranking him out, man. Yeah. I've been yeah. a fan of his work and Ivan oh, lived yeah. a few hours from me. I had the chance to train with him when I was in Florida a couple of times. And the dude is a fucking magician. Well the oh. guy's argument was if they have done that with low drive, you know, pet dogs or whatever, where's the video proof? Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Right. Like fuck, fuck, fuck you. Right. Like, Come on, if it didn't, if it's not a video, it didn't happen. Yeah. This Come is the on, other man. thing, too. Like, I, I don't profess to be a well rounded trainer. I mean, I joke and I was like, I just teach dogs to bite people and find stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm good at, right? I can met some fucking gun dog trainers that are just ninjas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck do you guys do that? Yeah. Like, you, blink, you blinked and your dog is 300 yards away and turned to the right. Yeah, yeah and, and, I'm there, <laughs> and they're like, I don't understand how you did that. And they're like, well, I don't understand how you do like this. I'm like, well, it's really not that hard. They're like, no, that is not at all how, because, you know, those dudes operate in one quadrant a lot of the time, which mm -hmm. is fine. I mean, that's how they do what they do. But I mean, I don't understand the incessant need for a lot of these guys to be the fucking best at everything. Like, I mean, apparently this dude has a fairly successful pet business or whatever, so go fucking do that. Like, I don't know why, like... I think, uh, it, yeah, that was... I don't... Like, what got into him to, to post? That was weird, but... Well, a lot of times people try to springboard off other people's success to try and bite off that shit, but I know 100% certainty, because I do it on a daily basis, that Nipopo is extremely effective on pet dogs. Yeah, Aaron Taylor's a big Nipopo guy, too. Absolutely, yeah, man. Lot, and, yeah. and maybe they don't they don't say the same words, or but it's, it's very similar, man. Mm -hmm. And for me, the real training, really learning how to, to break away the layers of bullshit from training is training nerve bag pet dogs, man. Yeah. You're, you're experiencing oh, yeah. it, too, man. Yeah. So let's talk about, I made a post on a um, e-collar forum online, which I don't, I, I quit that. That guy's a cunt. The guy runs that, fuck that guy. So I quit My that. My favorite word on earth, bro. Yeah. I, 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 I got off there. I'm like, come on, you're so passive aggressive. You're just a little dick. But um, I made a post on there uh, talking about using um, uh, negative reinforcement. And a lot of people don't really understand the power of it, but using negative reinforcement, and I asked you, and I asked on there, and it, it got, actually, it was 
not a debate, but it was just people giving their opinions. Actually, one of the most tame posts that people have posted on there was, is the the first positive, so the, the release of the pressure actually could be used as a marker? And you said no, and explain that. Well, for, for a couple of reasons. So just to clarify with negative reinforcement, in, in the Nipopo system, it's a gas pedal. Ne- their negative reinforcement is not a depressant where the dog is feeling stem and going, woe is me. Right. It's gas, and it makes fire, and it makes pushes them into the behavior faster and faster and faster. Because if we load the stimulation of an e-collar, like we would a clicker, but even with more juice, because I'll hold the dog back on a flat collar, tap into that deep opposition reflex, have their ball out in front of them, kick it, that kick-fetch game puts them in fucking orbit, and I'll tap them with the e-collar and release them. And I'll do that repetitiously. So the signal of electronics means go, boom. So you have to kind of have the mindset of that the negative reinforcement, although it's negative in our language, if the dog's been prepared, which is one of the greatest components of Nipopo, is preparing the dog for the day he's corrected or receives punishment, or even low negative reinforcement, is that it causes fire and makes it want to fly into behavior faster. So when you overlay the negative with a positive, it's, it's not so much a market because you may be asking for a subsequent behavior, or you may go into the duration. So let's say I ask him low-level stem to come into heel, the first stem, the stem stops so he receives the first poe, but then I want to make more healing, or I want him down, sit, or do tricks, or whatever it may be. So it may not always be a marker that the reward is coming just because the negative reinforcement stops. But in the early foundation process, absolutely you want the dog to understand that sequence, that because the philosophy is he's creating fire to get into the behavior, to stop the negative reinforcement, to bring the reward, and in the dog's brain, they say, fuck, let me fly into the behavior faster to avoid all that shit, to get the reward as quick as I can. So it could be if you do things the same repetitiously over and over, nipopo, 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 and you don't ask for any subsequent behavior, maybe the dog can perceive that as a release too. Yeah, So. Yeah, that's true. Because if you're doing, so the way I do, uh, say, uh, a recall, I teach, I mark, I mark it when they're coming, okay? Just however I'm doing it, whether it's a leash and collar or with eco, mark it when they're coming, and then I mark when they're coming, mark and pay, mark and pay, mark yep. and pay. Then I want them to come and sit in front of me. So I'll mark it and then mark and pay when they come and sit. When you say mark, you mean? With a clicker, sorry. Okay. So I'll mark it with a clicker. And then after a few reps, I stop marking come. I stop marking that and only mark when they sit in front of me. So so come means one thing, come to me and then sit in front of me. So my, my whole thing is if I was using, you know, negative reinforcement, is it a redundant by turning off the pressure and then marking. So is your marker a duration marker, stay in behavior, keep trying, or is it terminal? It means it's over, come get your paycheck. Um, I, I prefer, you know, my, my ultimate thing is when I do it as a come get your paycheck. But I do, so I mark it on the recall as soon as they start coming to me, yep. which would be where I would be turning the pressure off. Right. Um, unless I'm, I'll use pressure again to come faster and faster and faster. Yep. So I'm marking that, and then I'll mark it, and then mark again when they sit in front of me, and then then take away the first marker. I might be doing it wrong, but it seems to work. Because um, what I want is to be able to say one word, and you do like three things. Right. Come to me, slip over here, lay down. So what we see a lot, when I see an e-collar training, a lot of like some of the franchise pet training will be that there's always stem with a command all the time. Yeah. No stem, no behavior. So what you have to get the dog to the point is, is that they're functioning without electronic stem. 
So when we're coaching, I do the same process. I'll use STEM first. Again, for me, and it's accelerant. It's an accelerant. Mm -hmm. STEM first, they're jacked up. What, what's happening? Dog's name. He makes a U-turn. STEM stops. So I start applying it to learn behavior, and that's the operative word. The dog has to know the behavior. Right. So as he goes away from me, STEM starts. He makes a U-turn. He's committed. STEM stops. He flies to me. Good to go. If he deviates from a straight line, stem goes back on until he's on the tightrope on a straight line to me and using like this magnetic e-stem to keep him in line. So you use that in, as part of the, the process to educate the dog how to manage stem. And again, keeping in your mind that it's an accelerant. It's not a whoa, 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 I'm going to get crushed. But where my system's a little bit different is that I will go to, once the dog's clear on the behavior, I will go up in stem to make it spicy. And then it's classic escape and avoidance. But again, because the stim could be uplifting, it's like, you know, just I use the analogy, an, an MMA fighter goes in, just before he goes into the ring, he gets checked, fucking uh, check his gloves for any bullshit, and his, his coach will go smack him yeah. in the fucking yeah. face to get him jacked up to go kick ass to get in there and fight. I want the same process from electronics. So although it's coming at a higher level, boom, they're going to want to avoid the high stim or higher stim to get into behavior. And that's when you operate with no stim. You want to get to the point where you're not using it at all. But there's still fire, there's still passion, and still heart and soul to get into the behavior. Yeah, anybody that's ever watched a dog do a forced pile. Do what? Forced a pile with gun dogs, mm -hmm. or like a forced, like forced send out. Mm -hmm. And how they finish that, how they start it, and how they finish it, because it's straight up negative reinforcement. Mm -hmm. You run, and as soon as you hit that, it turns off. Right. And it's brutal to watch, but you will see. And those gun dogs are bred for that. They're extremely durable. They're made to handle Very that. Very forgiving. <laughs> it, yeah, they don't bite you. Uh, this is a Chesapeake. And um, <laughs> so yeah, I fucking lost a fingernail from one of them. But, I mean, you will see dogs come up and drive, and they'll send those dogs, you know, they'll send them out. And, I mean, they go out like their fucking ass is on fire. And yep. they got an e-collar on, but they're not, I mean, it's like not even like the, you know, the handler isn't even having a remote in his hand. I mean, it's on his gun, but I mean, he's yep. just like, oh, whoop, send him out. And then they'll tap him one stop turn. I mean, I'm like, fuck, did you do that? And old gun dog dude, he was like, you know, negative reinforcement. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yep. You got three teeth in your head. How the fuck? Give me. What the fuck you know about negative reinforcement? talked that shit in eighth grade. He's like, what the fuck you know about negative reinforcement? You can't even read. So <laughs> I had my I had my psychology book open in eighth grade and inside it was like a Calvin Hobbes fucking book that I was actually reading, ignoring everything about Pavlov and everything about Bia Skinner and all that shit. Like rolling my fucking eyes. Um, so on, on in your system when you spice it up, is that then come after the command? No, yes. So the yeah. command comes within two seconds, high stim will come if there's no compliance. Okay. And I don't usually, the more I do this, the less I speak. So it won't be no with button. Yeah. Because when you inject your voice into that equation of punishment, then there starts to be a little bit of uh, maybe hold you in contempt. Mm -hmm. What I want the dog to believe his own disobedience brought it. Like his own decision-making process brought that to him. So I speak less and less. You know, you have to have power in your, in your voice and you have to say no. There has to be value there. But... More and more, I think the less we stay, the more we stay out of it and let the dogs experience um, their own problem solving through electronics. I think it's a deeper learning process for them. However, do you have to? I find that I, I end up putting a, a pretty solid no on a pet dog have because to. owners are going to say no. Yep. Yeah. It comes it right out. I also, the one thing that a lot of trainers do is sit means sit. You know, there's a whole franchise for it. I don't put a 
their, their thing is I don't put a stay command because I told the dog to sit. He should sit until otherwise. I put a stay command in the dog because human beings go like this. They yes. put their hand out and they go, stay. Yep. So I just do it because they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Um, and maybe the dogs figure that out. On their own, but others are like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm like, okay, well, then don't teach them no either. Yeah. They're going to say you know they're gonna they're going to say no and they're gonna devalue it because if there's no consequence attached to that word Mm -hmm. it's gonna become no shit and the dog does whatever it wants you know so it's no 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 couple repetitions where the pressure doesn't come after no you get the bird I showed uh, just a couple things on my Instagram story the other day quickly and I I put it as the power of no and it was it's like this little bomb dog I have she's out I have her off leash she runs all over the place well then one day she just started running and I just said no and she stopped and turns and recalls right back because she's avoiding the consequence of and it's not at the same time I do no then the consequence right and so I didn't even have a collar on her that day yeah no wham and come right back because if you're speaking simultaneously as the high stem comes it gets a little clouded because that over that that physical sensation will will we'll deafen them so and that's classical conditioning within one and a half two seconds you have that signal of no let's say it's got no value it means nothing to the dog but then high stem comes trust me they're going to pair that shit together so you know it's you know i, ha- I like sometimes i feel like debating with purely positive folks mm-hmm. every time yeah. every now and then i get in that scrap when you're in the bathroom when i got to take a deuce bro yeah, drop yeah, one exactly. it's the worst time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I, what i tell these people I, the question i ask them is do you believe in spaying and neutering and of course oh yes absolutely oh, yeah. not overbreeding overpopulation i say okay but you're willing to cause an, uh, you're really to, to gut them physically take away all that fucking reproduction shit cause them excruciating amount of pain for the betterment of overbreeding, but you won't punish them and tell them no to stop them from running across the street. Mm-hmm. So they always say, well, avoid the street, avoid this. And I give them this scenario that they fucking can never answer and it's fucking magic. I said, okay, I've got a client that lives in an apartment complex that's overrun with stray cats. They have a pit bull that's got about 15 or 20 kills under its belt. Loves killing cats. It's a high value reward. They can't move. They will not give the dog drugs to knock it, you know, make it fucking sedated so it doesn't even know it's existing. Their thunder shirt just looks cute, doesn't de-stress the dog, and the fucking lavender incense just makes the fucking house smell good. What do you do? And they can never answer. Don't get him vaccinated. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> they just fucking keep clicking, so. Yeah, I, yeah, they, there's never an answer. No, they can't. To any, any of those scenarios, never. It's a scam. Yeah, and a lot of those, a lot of those people are, are uh, over the shoulder lookers, mm-hmm. like this, and then they hit that fucker with the end yeah. of the leash. Mm-hmm. Well, they, that's true too. There's a lot of that shit. That's there's a too. lot of those pe- pure positive people that are actually punishing dogs, whether they uh, want to admit it or not. Yeah. Fuck you. Very true, man. I mean, do go, do your thing. If you want to be pure positive, go for it. Do your thing. Why you gotta be an asshole about it? Like an asshole. Because they know they're full of shit and they're mm. a fraud. They're stealing from people. They're giving these people false hopes that their fucking click and treat will will somehow stop behavior. I go, how do you stop unwanted behavior with positive reinforcement? Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you cannot. And what they end designed up designed to pre- produce behavior. What they end up doing is what, like children do, is they'll tell the dog no, 
or you know don't don't do whatever and then you start clicking the clicker right like the clicker is a punisher or something <laughs> click 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 click. i'm like what are you doing with the fucking clicker you're reinforcing the bad behavior right. yeah exactly. exactly so let's talk about markers a little bit um in in your system well let's do a break first oh you want to do a break yeah all right do a break and then we'll come back and talk about markers in justin's system cool yeah Hey guys, we got a great new sponsor, man. We're super excited about this. I have a box full of challenge coins. I love them. Everywhere we go, I'm always asking people, do you have challenge coins, challenge coin? Um, but I don't have one. Working Dog Radio doesn't have one. Torchlight doesn't have one. HRD doesn't have one. So we are gonna get those we're gonna get them made and we're looking around trying to figure out who we're gonna use who we're gonna get to make these challenge coins we partnered up with the good people at combat bet that's c-o-m-b-a-t-b-e-t and they've got several different cool styles to choose from they got other things too they got some cards they got a lot of different cool stuff they're giving a uh, discount code for us working dog radio Um, i can't wait Um, we're gonna get uh, these challenge coins and i'm telling you if i give you one you better have it. If I see you, I'm going to blast that thing out on the bar and you have to buy me a drink. Combatbet.com. Check them out. They have several different styles of coins. Um, we're really super proud to have them on here, man. Combatbet.com. Yeah, it's no secret that uh, Eric and I use a lot of equipment at either up in Ohio, Venice, or here at Torchlight. Uh, we've been using dog Triff for years. Both of us have, um, even before we even started the podcast, you know, one of my favorite products is a 1900 S hands free. I use it all the time and I've, uh, even got a different collar on it so I can put it on dogs super fast. Uh, there's no messing around with it or whatever else. And I just keep the remote in my pocket and I have the finger kick on my, on my finger or on my wrist and, uh, makes it super easy. But Doctors got several products, and not just for police dogs. You know, he's doing for hunting dogs. They've got a long history uh, with the hunting dog community. But uh, great products, several things for everybody, from pets all the way up to working dogs. And they also have the awesome ball watcher and popper that I use at the kennel. Uh, I think I've got four of those things now, and um, we've got them in a box. And I've got them hidden in cars, all kinds of stuff. But for uh, listeners, anytime you use the discount code WDR10, you get ten percent off a single item over two hundred bucks and that's at dogtra.com go hit them up dogtra.com hey guys coming up it's coming up august august 13th through the 16th the hits conference hits is the best conference going it's the biggest it's uh there's only a couple conferences that we back and we sponsor over here at working dog radio based on who runs it the type of material the type of training the instructors everything they get nothing shady happening hits um I can't say enough about the guys. You've heard them on the podcast, man. They're all legit. They're handlers. Um, they're out there working every day with that dogs, with those dogs, and they're putting on this big, huge conference. They got a uh, price increase coming up, man. So don't mess around. This year, it's in Chicago at McCormick Place. Like it's the size of Canton, Ohio, pretty much the entire <laughs> venue that they're going to be at. Um, check them out. Hits Canine.net. Don't wait. Yeah, you know, one of the other uh, sponsors that we have that's also uh, nothing shady going on that we're super happy to have on the podcast <laughs> is Ray Allen. Uh, I think Ray Allen made equipment for um, dogs that are on the Ark. They've been around for so long. 
their product designer, uh, you know, Matt is one of our good buddies. Uh, we love that dude to death. Uh, they do a good job there. They've got that new treat pouch that Eric really likes. Uh, keep your fucking hoodies from smelling like hot dogs or, or pill jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just ordered a bunch of rubber arms and we ordered a leg for Eric. Uh, that uh, is good for proofing patrol dogs and they've got everything not just for police dogs they get stuff for working dogs and they got stuff for uh, for other working dogs like search and rescue or hunting and then also just for pets also they've got leashes and everything for and harnesses just regular collars everything you need if you're going to go over there make sure you use the discount code also working dog radio spelled out uh, the beginning of each letter needs to be, or word needs to be capitalized. You'll get uh, 10% off your first order. And yeah, they have just about everything you need except for the dog and the patrol car. So hit them up and not owned by a uh, somebody that has pled guilty to uh, sex offender crimes. So there's that. You guys have heard me talk and Ted talk about our relationship with Highland Canine. Um, We've done it on social media. We, you've heard it here in the commercials and things. And we do that because we believe in the Pergasons and we believe what they got going on there. Um, they have a school for dog trainers. They got a police dog training school. Um, and, and they started to realize what they were doing was everything was um, basic training for them. And they do have a lot of basic training classes. They take you, uh, they teach you, say you're a handler, they're training you, and then boom, out you go on the road. But what we see in this business is most guys don't follow up with any kind of advanced courses. So Highland Canine, they're like, you know what, we're going to take care of that. They have started a um, advanced detection, or excuse me, an advanced um canine courses, like a whole curriculum they're rolling out. Back in April, they started with an advanced detection course. Um, They're going to go into advanced skills for every aspect of police canine training. Uh, Be sure to check it out. Look for upcoming classes, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Harmony, North Carolina. Check them out. So everybody knows that we uh, love the guys at Southern Coast, Bill and Peggy Heiser, and of course Danny. But they've also got a second company called Coast to Coast Canine, which handles uh, detection services. And they are looking for two full-time and one part-time explosive handler. So be sure to hit them up and email Peggy Heiser. So you're going to do P Heiser, H-E-I-S-E-R, at C, the letter 2, C, the letter K, the number 9.com. That's C2CK9.com. Shoot her your resume and apply for the jobs for a full-time explosive handler. There's two of those. And then a single part-time handler, uh, explosive handler, at C2CK9.com. Peggy Heiser, cdckanon.com. Go hit them up. So I got a uh, bomb dog in my uh, kennel right now. I'm imprinting her on the seven odors that we use over here in Ohio. None of those odors are the HMEs like TATP, um, urea nitrate, and some of the other ones. We um, are afraid of that shit, and I'm not touching it. I'm not messing with it. But I do want my dogs to, to find it. So looking around, you know, my guys go through some training with the FBI like once a year. It's pretty hard to stay proficient on that stuff. And I'm not messing with that stuff for real. So what do we do? True Scent. True Scent is a, um, it's not a pseudo odor. It's a simulant. It is real odor suspended in silica. Now listen, they have everything. They have all the explosive odors you want. Um, but I specifically look for the the HME kits. They got several of them. Um, check them out. Uh, it's it's real explosive odor. 
Um, it's good stuff, man. We really like them. You heard Ellie, their chemist, on our um, podcast. We made a whole T-shirt based on that podcast. Uh, it's good type of stuff. TrueScentK9.com. Um, when you get there and plug it in, they do give us a discount code, which is WDR, all capitalized, WDR15. That's a WDR15 for 15% off training aids. Get on it. Yep. So working dogs, whether they be police dogs or hunting dogs or search and rescue, whatever, have a fantastic talent of managing to hurt themselves in magnificent and magical ways. Um, If I could count the ways that my fucking dogs have managed to hurt themselves, it would fill up an entire podcast episode. Not everything is going to require a vet visit. I'm not suggesting that you don't take the dog to the vet, but stuff that's normal, like hotspots, pad injuries, happy tail, stuff that's just kind of annoying, uh, can turn into serious issues. The guys at Vet Care have produced a, st- a product called Quick Derm that is absolutely fantastic. Eric actually has a guy that's close to him that runs a fairly large boarding kennel uh, that had a dog come in that had hot spots already when he got there. And, you know, you didn't want to be blamed for hot spots. So uh, he actually ordered some of the stuff and cleared it up in, I mean, a couple of days. I actually had some pretty gnarly burns from uh, dealing with the dogs at the HRD seminars uh, from doing some of the muzzle work and I was able to clear up something on my arm <laughs> in about seven days and it didn't tear up my tattoo which is kind of nice so so if you go over to vetcare.us it's going to be 10WDR and you'll get 10% off your first order and we've heard some rumors that they were upgrading people on sizes when you use the discount code so head over and put it in your uh, put it in the patrol car and you'll be good to go all right, we're back with Justin Rigney. Pretty sweet beard you got going on. Retirement looks good on you, bro. My fucking right? wife hates it. Bro. Oh, I bet fucking you hates it. You're like, you're stuck. I had I had the whole Ted going originally. Yeah, right. And I started wolfing out. She's like, uh-uh, you look like fucking Santa Claus, man. So oh, yeah. this was the compromise. You and Howard, she man. Hates, she hates My wife would not. Too. I had something kind of similar to that when I was undercover. Not that long. Yeah. And, I, and I put mine in... Um, pink dye <laughs> dyed it and then braided it because of the board and my my facial hair is like pubes though it's really <laughs> bad like really curly it's horrible Howard's is fucking money yeah no, he's Howard, got Howard. he's got the debon if you don't look you look close you got the debonair mustache oh dude it, it's his, nah, his Howard's fucking kennel legit. name is white beard canine come on now <laughs> it's his thing yeah for, it sure. Is, yeah, for sure so we we're talking about the nepo post system um i mean you, you, we can talk for hours i mean hours on this stuff um, it's vast man on markers. Um, so first, before we get into the markers in your system, what do you say to folks that are trainers that say, I don't use markers? Well, you know, I don't fucking, you know, go after people or talk shit about, you know, especially- Do you ever point out that they actually are using markers? Usually it's a word, <laughs> or usually it's a good boy is your marker. Yeah. Like they don't even really realize it. Or, or they're just doing a direct reward system where they're throwing a toy and they're hoping that the toy's arrival is perfect and it marks the behavior. But the problem with that is that the behavior can change while the toy's in mid-flight. Mm-hmm. If you're using a Kong, throw a Kong and listen. It sounds like a fucking boomerang. So they're going to hear that shit come over their shoulder. Oh, so yeah. They hear that wind displacement that they absolutely hear. I don't care if it's a, if it's a uh, tennis ball, yep. a little tiny little quiet little foam ball. Yep. They hear that shit. And if you're using a tennis ball, they start fucking playing the bounce. Man. They start moonwalking back off source. So, um, 
you know, for me, I just oh, if people don't want to hear it, I'm, whatever, that's cool, man. But it's for me, it's it's magic, and it's it gives us the luxury of being fat, slow, and fucking late with delivering our reward system. So the marker, whether verbal or clicker, start it travels at the speed of sound. So we can pinpoint a behavior and put put it in the dog's brain that bingo, take a photograph stamp of what he just did so he clearly understands how he just got paid. And I can be fucking slow, I can forget which pocket I put it in, but he knows he already heard that marker. And we're building a bridge between the behavior and the reward. So another analogy is like a paycheck. So the marker's a paycheck, he still has to come to the bank and cash it in. Because I do a, a click release system, a mark and release where the dog comes back to me, for the most part. There's some things I do direct. But if you're marking and you're establishing that in the behavior, it's 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 so clear to the animal. You know, I don't, we didn't, I didn't do it for many many years, and it's it's come to to uh, be very popular in a lot of training circles. So, you know, it's forums like this at the Hits Conference where we get to express the things that we do, and some people grab it and fucking throw it right in. And I just sat in Cameron's class for a little. It's fucking, it's great. And what's amazing about what he's done is is applied the science to what fucking grunts like us have been, you know, doing and trying, and he's, he's applied the articulation of science and how it affects things. Yeah, so. dude, he went way deep on the science side, like Bill yeah. Nye and fucking, what's his name? Yeah, I mean, like, way deep in the science side on that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. What, um, so I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I, I don't know if I told it on this podcast or if I was just telling somebody. So when I was out on the West Coast contract, we, we weren't using markers. And, um, there was a trainer out there that had worked at, at uh, uh, Blackland, and he would kept pushing on. Oh, and the funny thing is, the the handler's kit had a clicker in it, and uh, so there's a big fight between him and one of the other trainers. The other trainer's absolutely fucking not, not happening, not happening. He's like, we should, we should, we should fight, 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 fight. The owner of the contract comes out to California, and they have a talk, and he's like, listen. Do my system. Just fuck. This is my system. Do it. I don't. I don't use a marker. But what we were doing is we use free free command to release everything, mm-hmm. and it's paired with the toy. So what the, Josh started doing is he's working with his handlers. I think he had team team five, and uh, he's going free then rewarding. So right, he 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 just. Instead of pairing together or, or throwing the toy and then saying free, he flipped it backwards. And we're standing there one day, I remember we're on the base in Coronado, I go, Josh, you're fucking, you're using free as your marker. Yeah. He goes, don't fucking tell him, don't tell him. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell him, shush. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, because the other, the other trainer didn't understand it, so he didn't know. Yeah. He didn't, he just hears free and then he sees the ball and he's like, all right, you're following the program. Yeah. He, he was just fat and slow. He, he just yeah. started sneaking in and he started sneaking it in. Um, so if you're not marking, like for me, what, what is detection? What is tracking? It's, it's olfactory intake. It's sniffing. I want to be able to mark the sniffing behavior. Not just pinpointing odor, fucking target pointing, whether you demand to sit, whatever. Now, I want the dog to suck that shit in. I want to say, it's the sniffing. If you don't have a clear marking system, you're never going to deliver a toy in the middle of a sniff. Like I have some videos of my dog doing detection with bite work combined and that started a fucking Facebook fight. Uh, <laughs> but you can hear the motherfucker drawing it in. He's getting pissed and he's sucking it in because what I've broken down on little components is when he fucking sniffs, I mark. And he understands it's the sniffing, the intake of the behavior. So, 
you know, it's not just dogs running around with their fucking mouth open like a crazed fucking animal, and then they just run into the threshold wall of detection, and then they start, no, I want the dog fucking detailing, using his God-given ability that he's been blessed with, with that powerful nose to find the target. So another part, a big part of Nipopo, and also it speaks in, in a talent code, is, is chunking or compartmentalization is breaking down behaviors into micro components. So many times we go out there to try to do the whole task, the whole behavior, the whole healing picture, the whole tracking picture. No, I want to detail very small micro components. And I, I learned this from a coach I had in, when I was a kid and playing baseball. He was, people thought he was eccentric for the shit that he was teaching. He was ahead of his time, but it was compartmentalization. It was using small little components of behaviors. Like in baseball, he was teaching me, it starts from the ground up, pressure in my toes about where my feet should be as the bat comes through the strike zone. Pressure in my toes, up my ankle, my shin, my knees, hips, hand. Bro, crazy shit. And everybody's out there just fucking swinging, doing everything together. But I stole that or utilized that in my early baseball training into dog training, breaking things onto, into micro components and then slowly building the blocks together into the whole behavior, which brings me into successive approximation. Sexy, sexy big term, which simply means we're rewarding the good intentions of the dog. We see the dog trying to make an effort to achieve the target behavior. And I can say mid-behavior without demanding final response that the dog is on say, Mark and come get your paycheck, now keep trying harder. So if, if I use high hides and detection as an example. So let's say the dog's starting to learn to pick his head up and trace odor up high. So let's say it's really high where he can't even get to source, but I see him start to elevate, click, come back. I can tell him, of course it's embedded in the system that he knows, I don't just slap it in the middle of training one day. It's part of the components that he's been educated on systematically that successive approximation means good, keep trying. It's the hot and cold game when we were kids. Warmer, warmer, cooled, mm -hmm. hot. Oh, yeah. And the dog understands that shit. So by using markers, by utilizing successive approximation, it allows us to educate the animal much deeper on rewarding those small good intentions, those micro behaviors. He's a big micro component guy. Like well, big and, and I was going to say, we just interviewed Don Blair, and you know, he said, you know, the thing that he's teaching is here is about, you know, identifying the entire behavior chain from getting the dog out of the car to outing him off his ball and recasting him back into a detection problem for another find, and all of the skills that happen in between that and the end, and isolating where there's a deficiency if there is one, pulling it out, running all these little tiny little drills to work on that individual thing. So your example was getting the dog to inhale, right? Which mm -hmm. is one of the parts of your behavior chain, teaching the dog to do that and then inputting it back in and rewarding all of those things successive approximation wise down the line and building an entire portion. And that's how I was telling Don, we do the same thing with HRD and we do it with handlers though too, where, you know, like I back up and I back chain everything and say, look, Ideally, if you're doing a whatever you're doing, and I always use a felony stop or like a like a vehicle extraction with a long line. There's a ton of skills that the dog has to know, and there's a ton of skills that the handlers have to know. And some of those, you know, neutrality to backing officers, long line management, neutrality to third party announcements, the ability to get into the car, neutrality to gunfire if you have a beanbag car, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So all of those things, and if there's one, if you run the scenario and you see that like fuck, the handler can't manage a 50 foot line, you're like, okay, well. Clearly, we got to figure this out. Right. So you back up, you fucking figure it out, you tug, you plug it back in, and then you keep moving forward. So rather than trying to build this big fucking thing all at once, you know, you get out and you're like, well, let's see what happens. No. Yeah. I never want my guys to be surprised. Like, I never want my handler to say, well, this happened. I didn't know it was going to happen. The fuck you mean you didn't know it was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do... Um 
you know, doing the pet stuff, I I do, I prefer to do all, every dog six months and up, I do board and trains. Um, puppies, I prefer to do a board and train, but I'll do lessons uh, for one-on-one lessons. Yep. And the strongest thing I teach those people when we're teaching them how to teach that puppy how to learn is success of approximation. Yep. Within the first two lessons, we I have the puppy standing on the water bowl oh, yeah. and then moving around. And that's all, and they're like, and the bowl's this big. Yep. And the puppies are slapping their feet mm-hmm. and you know, slapping on, on there. When you can teach the owner and they see that, um, they're usually pretty blown away by it. Yep. And then my homework to them is, so this is Thursday, Monday's your next lesson. I wanna see a new trick. You come back here, I wanna see what you taught that. And it doesn't take weeks and weeks to teach them that. No, once it's charged, man, they're about it. Now you're, you you don't use clicker at all, right? You're Me? a word guy. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, do you? Oh yeah. I thought you were just a word guy. No, no, I use both. I weed them off of a fucking clicker. Yeah. Do you yeah. do that before the dogs go home? Uh, so I, I when my dogs go home, they don't need markers. Okay. It's a mine's a four week right. process. Right. Longer if the dog needs it, and the, my price doesn't change. The way I look at it is that the folks are paying for behaviors mm-hmm. on our contract. So if it takes me five six weeks to get there, that that's on me. Um, so they don't need bribes, bait, lures, nothing. Mm-hmm. They're embedded with a clicker, absolutely, because I, I charge the shit out of it. And if they ever want to teach new behaviors, I right. show them that. I may do a little bit of games or like look and focus that click, just to let them understand timing and how the process works. But when I send my dogs home, they're, they're very well proofed on distraction. Yeah. And I just plug the owner in and make them do very basic. The first, the first part of the lesson, go home, is no jumping. The dogs are rat shit to go home, and usually that's the first thing we work on. And, and a little bit of place, and that's it for the first set. I don't overload them with too much. So that normally, no, I don't. They don't need the clickers by the time they go home. Yeah, because they're gonna lose them. They're gone. I switch them to a word. Fucking five hundred of them. They're all over my office, my house, and inside my car, (laughs) in my dryer. (laughs) And I I have, and I have a theory that, um, and right or wrong, it, it seems to work though. But when they go home with the dog, I do teach them the how how we do the yes marker by the time the dog goes in, so that when they go home. They have a brand new dog bed for that dog, and they teach them. They go over place, and then they mark it with a yes, because this is now this is what place is. Place at my house has been five different things. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. different beds, different cots, different climb platforms, all yeah. that stuff. So I don't. Maybe they don't need that. Maybe the dogs don't need that when they go home. I, I know what place is, fuckhead. You. I've well, I do. Times. I do introduce a little bit of food and a clicker for the new target. Yeah, I, I, I for sure do that, but I don't leave the folks requiring them to do that. I do that for the dog's sake to show them a new target. And of course, like you said, they'll be fine with it. You know, and I tell the folks, if, if they want to use a yoga mat, roll it up, take it to the beach or the lake, this is how you teach the dog. And it's, for me, it's classical conditioning. I bring the old target box with me that they've been trained on. I, take, I do a couple repetitions back in the house so I know shit's clear. Then I take the new place bed and classically condition, pair the signals, put the new bed on top of the old, do a few reps, and do the switcheroo, take away the old box. And the dog realize it has the same power. It's got the same value. So now, when when people hear us talking, so we're talking about this. We're talking about pet dogs and everything. The Nipopo system. You do it's the same for working dogs, correct? Well, a little bit different. So in my process with with the with the pets is that they're all, everybody's on existential food reward. There is no free shit. They all work for food, and it all speaks to their instinct. They understand that. That's clear to them. Some dogs take a little bit longer to get on that system. Um, if it goes on too long, or I see the dogs not engaging for food, I will absolutely put the brakes on, which. 
as part of my lawsuit. Some of these assholes can't figure out when to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go to NEPO, and there's no second layer of PO, so I'll just use slight leash pressure to achieve behaviors. And which is amazing, I've got really nerve-bagged dogs that will come into me and say, fuck your food, I don't mm-hmm. need you, my chauffeur will be here with caviar pretty soon, so fuck off. And they don't want any connection. And then I'll just show them a little bit of NEPO, a little leash pressure, pressure stops when they do. Bro, it's like fucking magic. A little bit of you must, and it's very intrusive, not intrusive at all, it's just a little bit of, you know, they go to the place board, they get there, life's good. Bro, then shit balances out. Like when they realize, I'm not getting out of this, the hunger reawakens, because this is the analogy I use. Like, if a, if a wolf is pursuing a fucking elk, right, who's a herbivore, who is running on the lush green grass that he survives on, he ain't thinking about eating that shit when fucking homeboy's been pursued, right? Yeah. So the nerves shut off yeah. the hunger. Mm. So these dogs are in an, a yeah. new environment, they're freaked the fuck out, and they're spoiled rotten, but a lot of it's the nervous system shuts off the hunger, it's, it's that, that uh, survival. The body goes into this living hibernation, bro, and dogs are very efficient creatures at fucking surviving on their on <laughs> like nothing. Mm-hmm. So, but when you take that fuck little bit of pressure where you must, the nerves balance out. <laughs> it's a weird, weird oh, fucking yeah. thing, and then the hunger reawakens. Yeah, I just so, I just made a long post on Instagram about that. Um, some dogs that I had, uh, I had a shepherd that I was doing, who would not take food and he didn't really give a fuck about you touching him or right. petting him or anything. Pressure is the only thing that yep. works. And what it did was I would go into the kennel and he would cower and piss and, and everything else. But once we, once he started learning to turn off pressure and that he was a, he had like power mm-hmm. to turn that off. All of a sudden I come in and he's standing up tall yeah. and we go outside and then he's playing. Yep. That dog, I'm telling you, that dog was fucking afraid of everything. Yes. The only thing I could never get him over was he was afraid of the dark at night. He would not go to the bathroom at night. He would sit and see. He saw ghosts everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere, this dog. But the power of pressure, that's something that took took me a, a while to learn. Um, I mean, and I've had some, you know, it's nice that we get those working dogs that come in, you know, they'll work for anything that moves through the air, anything, you know, rolled a piece of paper, anything, ball, whatever. But, um, so we, it's nice that we have that, but I do like to make them work for food. It's because you get more reps. Absolutely, man. I just really started doing that in this last canine class I had. I gave the, uh, I gave uh, one of those incognito pouches that um, Ray Allen makes. I gotta try uh, those, man. I haven't oh, seen those. They got something at the booth. They're fucking cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Um, so I, I had food for them. I had Bill Jack in it. And I told the handlers, they're all experienced handlers that had dogs from me. All We would do all the obedience with toy, 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 toy. Mm-hmm. So I said, here's what we're gonna do. I trained these dogs obedience with food. I said, um, take the toy with you. Maybe the last rep will, will, will mess with what I said, but try the food. See how easier your life is not having to wrestle this ball from, or, or or even wait for the time it takes just to spit it out, sit, get the ball, whatever. Yep. And so they did it. The next day we did obedience again. I said, okay, you have your choice, the food or the toy. Take it, take it or leave it. Yep. And they're both, all of them are like uh, food. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, just, it was so much easier. It's the best, man. When they're, when they're training existentially, which means that they're only eating and training, every calorie is consumed through your hands, through the pouch, through engagement, through wanton behavior. It, it's it's just like a wolf. What what awakens the wolf in the morning? It's the fucking hunger pains to go out, hunt, catch, kill, stalk, be a fucking wolf. Is the hunger is a catalyst to go be a fucking savage. Mm-hmm. 
So when you when you tap into that and, and people say, oh, it's starvation technique, bullshit. Yeah. I, I'm offering the dog its full rations and it has to connect to do it. And once they get on the system, they love it, man. You know what it is being a cop, bro. You'll be, I had all my training shit ready. The dogs are ready to rock for food. State attorney calls. We need you in court now. So I say, sorry, dogs. Here's your free bowl of shit. I got to roll. They go, fuck off. I don't want that free shit. I want to rock with you. So there's huge power as far as the engagement and the connection with a dog. Of course, firing ignition into the training because it's, it's speaking to their instinct, man. But for me, it's the best, man. It's, it, and there's no better way to connect with an animal. The way to the heart is through their stomach. Yeah. 100%. Now, here's the other thing, too. And people listening to this, um, and again, it's not starvation training. It's train them when they're hungry. So what I, what I tell this is the this is where the mistake happens. This is exactly where the mistake happens. So I would take a, a Ziploc bag and say the dog eats four cups of food a day. I put four cups of food in there. That's how much training we're going to do today. Yep. And we get through three cups and then shit happens and then it's fucking 11 o'clock at night and I have a cup of food in this bag. Fuck. Tomorrow. All right, new day tomorrow. Yep. We go back out. Same shit happens. Next thing you know, you're down a cup cup and a half, two cups every day because you ran out of time if you have so many dogs. So I tell people if you're not going to be super dedicated, I mean you want to do the food training, um, don't get into that. Just feed the dog if you have. Do not send the dog home emaciated, fucking starved and without a loss. On I mean, they may lose a little bit because in a board train they're, they're working out four times a day. Mm -hmm. But that's where, the, that's where the food trainers make the huge mistake. Next thing you know, they're just not feeding the dog. No, and, and a lot of idiots that I've witnessed is that they'll use <laughs> dogs that are crackheads for food. They continue to withhold the caloric intake that's nece necessary for sustenance, and they're feeding garbage, cardboard shit food. Mm -hmm. Puppy chow or dog chow. It's this fucking, I'm not going to name company so I don't get fucking sued, but it's this compressed log of shit. It's worse than McDonald's. You know, it's, it's not even barely enough to sustain life. So the, the food that you're using, I don't use caviar. I don't, I have used Bill Jack. It's a little bit more palatable. I use Royal Canin, adult German Shepherd food. Uh -huh. it, it's a decent food. It's a fucking monster oh, kibble. It, it is, it's yeah. easy to yeah, distribute, my fat fingers. And then when I do a lot of, sometimes I'll mark and release and throw the food to, get the, to give the dog a complete reset, to re-energize them. If you're doing a bunch of reps, click and I'll I actually learned it. that from you watching yeah. that I did too it does a, a weird reset for the dog and it actually puts him back into hunting behavior because you chuck the food one kibble not a bunch I don't like throwing a bunch Bart will throw a bunch but if there's a bunch of food they seem to because I'm chasing the clock man I'm going, I need reps to get to the next one one piece of food and they come flying back for the next it's just a reset for them man so if you get into a window of time where you're like the fucking dog's not eating you know, and you're offering it day after day, or you go into a couple of days. I, I am a distributor for MVP canine supplements. So I'll utilize their weight gainer formula, which it's fucking packed with fat, packed with calories, and I distribute that in their water. So just like a protein shaker, you go to the gym, a couple scoops of that, and a, you know, a few ounces, eight ounces of water, shake it up, put it in their, their bowl. It is fucking crack. <coughs> it's crack, bro. They love the taste of it. I haven't had any dogs refuse that shit. So what happens with that, just like when you go to the gym, you hit your protein shake after, it gives you the nutrients you need, but it doesn't take away the hunger pangs. Right. So you're giving them the sustenance calorically that they need, but the fucking gut's still empty. 
So you, you maintain, you give them everything they need, but they still have that, that thing to tap into. And you still maintain, you still give them that window of time to come engage for the food. My, my dogs will gain weight on the food system. You have to fucking do it right. And it, a lot of it's jackpotting too. So what you're saying too is it's the piecemealing because you're doing a little bit, it takes away the hunger pangs and they say, fuck off. So I, I do intermittent fasting. I fast. There's so many health benefits to fasting. People will do 24, 36, 48 hour fast. I, I'm not man enough. I do 16 hours at a time. But it's a complete hormonal reset. There's many studies done on fasting dogs, especially when you're using a raw diet. So a missing a meal or two is going to reset their, their system. It's going it's to douche out the, toxin, the toxins. And it's not a bad thing. So strategic fasting is beneficial health-wise to the dog. But where it becomes criminal is if you continue to withhold, even though the dog's a junkie, he's a crackhead for his work, you're still withholding that fucking food. You're a criminal. You're a piece of shit criminal. Mm-hmm. I just had a dog not too long ago that I did that um, I was taking this supplement. It was It's like a, almost like a paste kind of like a teaspoon has like 3,000 calories. No shit. And the only way I could get this dog to get any cal- calories is wipe it on her nose <laughs> and make her lick yeah. it off. Yeah. And so she's probably getting a couple, you know, a couple thousand calories out of it. Wow. But I ended up getting to the point because I'm not, it's eight days the dog refused to eat a single morsel mm-hmm. of anything I tried. And um, she, uh, pressure wasn't even, pressure worked on some things except for a down. This bitch could lock out, planked out. So I, I, <laughs> I, I called the owner. I called the owner. And said, "Look, I've got to get your dog to eat something." Yeah. And uh, I said, "So I'm going to fucking McDonald's. I'm getting fucking chicken nuggets. Yeah. And we're getting pizza because I was at a thing. <laughs> yes. Dog. I just once I dog crushed the chicken nuggets. Hey, do what you got. Crushed it there. and did a did it down for a fucking piece of pizza." And then after that, <laughs> they all have their price. Uh, right, right. So then after that, though, back to kibble, working, yep. working for everything I wanted to. I just had to snap them out of that. Um, I also find, I don't know if, if there's a term for it. You see dogs, I see it in police dogs and I see it in, in uh, pet dogs, introducing the e collar in the beginning, uh, trying to find that working level for the first time with a dog that I find some dogs can almost go through like a paralysis where they can shut it off. And you're up in the 85s, and they feel it. And then, then you're back down to like six to get them to work. Does there? Do you see that a lot with dogs? Do you have a term for that? Yep. It's. Um, I don't have a term specifically, but what's happening? And I, I shouldn't speak about this. Pat Stewart's the expert to tell you about what's happening with the electronic. Of course, Bart too, and his wife. It's the peaks per second. So it's the stimulation fires like a piston. Now, the more peaks per second, it's going to grab the muscle and contract it where the dogs, it blocks learning because the dogs go into this muscle contraction. They start thinking about the contraction, not the behavior they're supposed to do to stop the stimulation. So there's, for me, the best collar on earth is the Martin Systems. It it, it activates muscle. It it flicks it. It drives it into behavior, pushes it instead of grabbing it and twisting it and contracting it. So we see what came very sexy over the last few years was the dual receivers where they had both collars on. And what that is to do is stop the one-sided contraction. Is to People think it's double the juice. It's not. It's just to enhance the, the likelihood of contact because if you're using a buckle collar or especially a bungee, it's going to pull those two receivers towards the middle. So it gives a greater likelihood of contact. But for sports like IPO, where most helpers have the sleeve on the left hand, the judges want to see the dogs come in and bark stick side to make the dog bark at the man, not just the sleeve retriever where they're yapping at the burlap. 
And if you put a collar on for typically if it's a one receiver and you want healing, so the dogs go away from stimulation and pushes the head up and in for healing. But as a dog comes into the blind, the collar's on that side, it's on stick side. If you start stimulating the dog for not barking correctly or touching the helper, it starts pushing the dog to sleeve side. So by stabilizing with two receivers opposing each other on the dog's neck, it'll stabilize the dog and they'll get a, a contraction on both sides. So maybe it's not as, as aversive or they get the head turn. So for me, I think it's the contracting stimulation is what clouds the dog's thought process and the learning process too. So most, or in the way to overcome that is tap, tap. So it's just a slight little contraction. There's that moment in time and tapping where the dogs can process what's happening. So in my e-collar class, I get that question a lot. Continuous or Nick, what, what do you do? And I say, fuck, I don't know, man. It depends yeah. on the dog and the moment. So usually when the dog's escaping, running away, like the lab you're talking about, it's, and the, the beauty of Martin Systems is the rising stem. That is fucking gold. I don't have to sit there dialing. I can hit a button and watch them climb the ladder until they get to the point where I say, fuck, he means business. And then when the dog returns, as soon as I let off on the stem, it returns to the original level. So they fuck around again, they can climb the ladder. I spoke to Bart about it this recently and what they're working on is it climbs the ladder a little too quick for me. It's a four second rise. And the lows of the Martin system are extremely low. Tiny, like the lowest in the market and the highs are the highest in the market. And it gives you such range, but it climbs that ladder. Four seconds isn't enough for me for dogs, like especially weaker nerve pet dogs to process that. I want them to climb the ladder and say, I should come back. Because four seconds is quick, man, especially when they're on a dead run. So, Yeah, I, I, it just seems to me like I'm, every once in a while you get that dog and uh, you have to waken them. Like just, I'm, I'm talking about just finding a working level for mm -hmm. the very first, not even teaching them any behaviors, just trying to figure out the lowest level that you can work them on. And I'm like, nothing, 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 or up, 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 nothing, nothing. But, you know, and I'm like, well, shit. It's usually connectivity. It's usually connectivity, man, because what happens is when the, these contact points aren't touching skin, they're not, getting, they're, they're not getting the full sensation of the collar. So if they're blocked by fur or it's not tight enough or there's dander or there's some buildup between the contact points, what's going to happen? You keep going, going, and going up and up and up. It's eventually going to arc from one tip to the other and the dog receives higher stem mm -hmm. that, it's, that it understands how to process. So. The Martin, Mike and Michael and Bart had came up and, and came up with systems to overcome that. When they bought the Martin systems, they developed the extenders, mm -hmm. which is a collar that's got uh, little multiple little islands that flex along with the dog's neck, and you add contact points like the feathers um, without being able to show it to you. More or less, looks like almost like a paper clip with a, with another oh, kind yeah. of 50 new 45 degree bend on it, where it penetrates through fur and touches the skin. And of course, the regular contact points from the Martin systems are longer. And, and they have the beauty of the, of the Martin's uh, multi-brand extenders that you can slap any e-collar onto the extender, which gives you the ability to make much greater contacts. There's no more dual receivers because you can change the contact points 360 degrees on a collar. And also, if you, you're working on dogs where they have to wear the collars for long periods of time, there's no opportunity for the necrosis. So, which yeah. is the deadening of the skin. So if you have a, a receiver with a contact points above it, like normal e-collar receivers, it's a heat source. So as the dogs, even if they're not getting stimulated, it's a heat source, they're moving around, you get a couple stim, a couple repetitions, it's, it's contract or it's concentrated on where those contact points are meeting skin. That's when you get necrosis where it dies. And I've had dogs do it. They get this nickel allergy. Yeah. They, they get yeah. allergic to the metal and it's like, you fucking had the collar on for five minutes. 
Yeah. There's a girl in our Nepo Post uh, group called Gail, and she's over in the UK, and she just put a post up. The fucking dog had the collar on for a few minutes, and it's allergic to that nickel. So the beauty, of, again, of the Martin's extenders is that it allows you to defeat the necrosis. The dogs can wear the collars for many, many, many hours, and it's because the heat source is not as away from the contact points. It's, it's light years beyond me, man. I probably shouldn't be speaking much about it because I'm not a fucking tech guy at all, but it's, it's just magic. Not only the way the collar stems, um, the, the range of the collar, the, 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 the clarity of the system where it's always on point when you're pushing the buttons, defeating necrosis, it's fucking gold, man. Yeah, that made me think, dog up in the crate, I gotta move his e-collar. And I think about about three hours with it on one side. I flip oh, that sax. bitch around. No worries. Yeah, man. Sax is up there. He's, he's all right. Um, yeah, I had a shepherd that about ten minutes got. That's crazy. Ended up having to shave his neck and yeah. and get all. It's, oh, yeah. It stinks too, man. Mm, they get yeah. that shit in there, look pussy. And you gotta they, put quick term on it. Yeah, quick term. Yeah, <laughs> that shit worked, man. And they think you fucking roasted the shit out of their dog. Right. Yeah, he didn't, man. But so. Um, where are you headed? What do you got going on? You're like all over the fucking place, man. Man, you know, guys, just, you know, blessed with opportunities, man. The phone rings for seminars. I, I have one coming up just about every month, booked up until um, April or May of next year. You going to Florida for one? I have one coming up in September, uh, 14th and 15th near, near Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a one-day e-collar, one-day power biting. I, I try to keep them at two days. I was doing three days, but it, civilian folks or folks who are nine-to-fivers, they have to take a day off. Yeah. So. And for me, it's very hard to get away from three days. So, you know, my partner, Mike Lilly, joined uh, the business. He bought in as a partner several months ago. He retired from the Hendry County Sheriff's Office and just an amazing fucking human being, man. Super talented trainer, incredible person, but the fucking dude is so skilled with operating machines and building shit, shit that I'm fucking deficient like a and motherfucker. He's and he's a funny mother. And he's got OCD. OCD like a motherfucker. Torture yeah. that fucking man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stroke that. You so we fucking it. clown, bro. We have such a good time. We get our work done, man. And, and uh, so that's been an amazing asset, you know? And what's funny, man, I, you know, I moved up to Tennessee where I'm a fucking Yankee. They hear my, my fucking Yankee accent. So when we tapped into Adam Katz's Google AdWord campaign, the fucking phone rings a lot. So I get it, and I hear my fucking Yankee twang, and I'm like, eh. Mike is a fucking closer, bro. His, yeah. He gets on there with that southern accent, bro, and they fucking, he, he, he's, he's a seller, bro. <laughs> they, the phone rings, and he gets him in. So it's just been an amazing uh, asset to have him uh, join in, and his wife just got her master's degree and, and moved up. So his, actually, his folks are in town right now helping them all get settled. So it's, it's fucking, it's great, man. It's great. So the pets are what we do most of it. Yeah. You know? I can tell you this. So if you're listening to this and you're looking at an e-collar class, um, I did, uh, Justin and I and Aaron Taylor did a, a three-way kind of seminar for pets and working dogs all together over a couple days down in North Carolina. It was this year? It was earlier this year. It's and fun, um, bro. So, and it was cool. It was different. You know, it was different. We were trying to get some people with some golden retrievers to bite shit. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It was fun. <laughs> and, <great>. uh, <laughs> but Justin did, I hadn't sat through, I've been through your power biting or pillow biting, as I call it. That's, that was awesome. <laughs> that was funny as shit. <laughs> Your power biting, which a lot of people have been through power biting, a lot. And there's a lot of people that, you know, what is, which is the point of it, is to go back to your unit and teach it. Yeah. Go back to your, go back and use it. So a lot of people have been through that. I hadn't sat through your uh, e-collar class. And you gave an e-collar about two hours, I think you did, maybe two or three hours. And, I mean, it's drinking from a fire hose. There, there was a lot to do it if you and everyone there was an e-collar trainer mm-hmm. as far as I know so but everybody was like I suck 
like watching your your class. If you can get just to it at Justin's e collar class or have host him to come to it, it'll blow you away at what you've been doing possibly wrong or definitely not. What, as what well say, as you could be. As well as you could be or there taking advantage of of what you could be doing with the e-collar versus just straight up avoidance, which a lot, we know a lot of people do. It's a whole yep. it's a whole marketing system for some folks. Um, but what you gave those guys in two or three hours of that course, Aaron said, was worth more than they paid for the whole course. So if you are in Orlando area and you want to go... I'm telling you, go. Even if you're an old school cop that doesn't really, that still thinks you're only using um, your e-collar on recall and out, go watch that. It'll change, it'll change your mind. The dude can teach some shit about e-collars. Yeah. Speaking of which, where do we find out? Uh, you're going to have them over the website? Um, yeah, I just blast that shit on Facebook, man. Okay. My, my website's kind of more like contact for the pet stuff, but... Okay. Now, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the kind words, man. I didn't invent any of that shit. Yeah. You know, I just stole it and pieced it together, and I'm able to, you know, put it out in a way that hopefully people grab, man. So, um, I, I still am constant learning too, man. I, I want to get to Pat Nolan's directional shit, man. I've, I've heard amazing uh, dude, shit about that. That is some fucking yeah. creepy ninja stuff. Yep. That is yeah, like, he's throwing like smoke balls and oh, disappearing. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like those old school ninja dudes. Oh, he's yeah. jumping from here all the way up into the tree. No. And that's this this form right here, man. I'm I'm spitting out a little bit of shit that I know. But but I'm fucking in the seat, the next class absorbing. Yeah. Man, I, I, for me, I never want to, f- I can't stop. I love the learning, I love the whole process. Well, and that's the thing, like like Ted was talking earlier about Bart and, and Ivan and them, is the ability to teach the stuff is not everybody can do that. Well, no. shit, how many good trainers do you know? And they're really gifted at like that, and that's all, but they can't work with anybody else, they can't repeat it. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're really good at teaching dogs, training well, dogs, yeah, and getting yeah, dogs yeah. already, yeah, yeah. just them and the dog. But well, then you throw another, uh, when they get a teaching handler, yeah. yep. No, teaching's a skill. I mean, that, it's definitely a skill for sure. <laughs> you got it in the your PowerPoint shit's good. You uh, you do good good work, man. I appreciate it. support of yours. Thank you, man. And, and you mentioned the power biting and guys taking it back and doing it. You know, Howard's put, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's putting shit out there and he's taking it to another level. Michael Nesbitt, too, man. I see yep. he puts it on there, too, man. It's, that's what's cool for me. It's... And I, you, you mentioned earlier, I put a lot of content content out there. Of course, it's you know to you know get our names out there mm-hmm. and try and you know get business. But it's it's from a platform of paying it forward. You know, those yeah. people are there for me, and I want to put it out there. And it's, it's cool to see people putting it to work, man. It's a well documented, proven system of giving out free content does not harm your business nope. or harm your your brand nope. because it doesn't mean they can do it. Yep. They can That's watch true. it. Yeah. That doesn't mean they can do it. <laughs> I put out a ton of stuff over the years about uh, showing boxes and different things on detection. And, um, and but people, can't, they still come to us because they can't do it. Yep. Yeah. That's why... Yeah, that's why you got to be good teaching. But thanks, man. I, I'm yeah. glad you took some time out. I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. Really yeah, love yeah. the shit you guys do, man. So yeah, hit Justin up, Canine Services Unlimited. What's yeah. the website? It's canineservicesunlimited.com, but really me and Facebook yeah, okay. is my main spot. Same I'm not so on good Facebook, on Instagram. Though. It's uh, canineservicesunlimited.facebook.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, put your or working, hit me up personally. Put your working dog stuff on Instagram. That's where that's what that will really that work. That platform's for better yeah, for that, man. I'm, for there's that. so much more I could be doing, man. But Facebook I, is... A necessary evil, it's just so cunty. 
I, I just twice in one podcast. Right. Yes, I, I just said that. Up. I want to say that. But just like your homeboy, out your neighbor, I'm gonna say his fucking name on this. Uh, but that dude, just, he fucking made my algorithm go through the roof, bro. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> thank you. So the cuntiness uh, can yeah. fuel it too, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. Yep. Check him out. Yeah, we'll be back in a little bit. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K9PRO. Or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom and we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about tripwire operations group there's some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up specifically for guys in this podcast for if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog they have one of the most well-rounded ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification head over to tripwireops.org to check it out They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working 
Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.